Welcome, Double Bill fans and hate listeners. This is Joshua Humphrey, and I have special news. On August 28th and 29th, the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota will be hosting the Noise Picnic Podcast Festival. If physical calendars are your thing, weird, mark it down. Or put an electronic planner of some sort, fully informing our data overlords of where you'll be at a given time and day. Up to you. Hope to see you there, and enjoy the episode. Double Bill, Double Bill, comparing culture, it's Double Bill, putting two things together, it's Double Bill, it's Double Bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns, record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill, putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Hello, I'm Josh Humphrey, a talking human. Hello, I'm Mike. Sing a happy song, sing a happy song, why don't you come along and sing a happy... Postal. And I'm Brian, Mike took mine, Watson Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Double Bill Take Two! This is Double Bill Take Two. Yes, we're back to talk about the voices and a talking cat. I, God, so, I, I, I really don't want to talk about them again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there that um, <laughs> what I really like, there's two things I really liked, is that uh, in spite of the fact that, yes, we spent uh, an hour and 40 minutes talking about uh, both of these movies the first time and did not record any audio... Which is frustrating, and you and I felt so bad for you because you. I mean, well, I think you saw and then red. I felt bad because I wasted everybody's time for an hour and forty minutes. But it, the funny thing was, it felt. And like it was made even worse because you were like, "I hate this fucking movie, and I never want to see it again." Right. <laughs> wow! I, I gave up the kids in the hall tonight to go see this yeah, to yeah. come and watch this. Yeah, I lost two of my my groomsmen almost. Anyway, the, the funny thing though is, it's other story, funny. other story, other story. In spite of all like fetching, was that um, I think that it promoted like some very funny dialogue, an hour and forty minutes worth of shit that we're never going to get back. That we were just like crying, laughing. Yeah. We, I mean, yes, wine, yes, going through a vomitous movie, but still, um, Eric, who cannot be be with us, and that's the other thing too is like set up a guest like to come on the show, and then now this other a guest expert, on a guest on expert, an expert. On a talking cat. We went to the nines, ladies and gentlemen. We did. We did. We made sacrifices, uh, dodging cats, living together, mass hysteria, and yet, at the end of it, we, we lost all that. The other thing is that in, in trying to reschedule this, I like how you guys, and I'm just like fucking ATC or uh, a talking cat, but you guys like just literally put the actual title and you add the exclamation point, question mark, Exclamation point! Every time you refer to the movie, isn't it called an interrobang? It's an interrobang when it's an exclamation point and a question mark. The additional exclamation point is just—is it just an exclamation? It point? makes it an interrobang exclamation point. Interesting. I didn't know that. Or, Maybe thank you for sussing that up for me. No, it's an interrobang bang. Interrobang bang or bang interro. But if it's an if it's an exclamation point, interrobang bang, bang straight to my heart. Is it karaoke? Bang interrobang. Yeah, it's bang interrobang. Yeah, the pro- I guess the proper way to, to refer to that exclamation sequence is bang and bang. I'm learning so much. So, wait, an interrobang is question mark exclamation point? Yeah, because interrogation and then bang. So, bang, interrobang. Yeah, I guess. Interesting. What the hell? A talking cat. This is bang, literally the most interesting part of that entire film. <laughs> the punctuation. The, the discussion of how to refer to the punctuation. Well, I don't know if anybody... Well, we're going to start with the voices. The yes. Ryan Reynolds, uh, Marjane Satrapi uh, directed movie that came out, I think, last year in 2014. I did. Yeah. And what yeah. else did... Uh, Mar- the interesting thing, Marjane Satrapi directed the... Uh, the well, anime. she wrote Persepolis. Persepolis. She's, a, mm-hmm. she's an artist. She wrote Persepolis. You can get those in graphic novel form. Have you read those? I have not, but I'm familiar with them. I think I've read the first one. I don't know if I read the second one. But I watched the movie, actually... Before we sat down and watched, well, 
I watched, I wanted to see something else that she directed. And so I watched Persepolis and it was great. It was like, it's a really fantastic movie about living in, I think, Iran yeah. at the time mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when the revolution happened and like uh, the intelligentsia and the liberals being kind of pushed out. And yeah, Iran crushed. being an incredibly progressive country up until that point. Yeah, it was really fascinating mm-hmm. and it's scary when that happens and maybe we'll be talking more about fundamentalism in the next double bill but that's another that's a story for another time yes yes so we're getting political on this podcast so let's, let's it was talk. a year long lead up to becoming political? insane political you know I could really go political on this because I guess I've been in law school for the last couple of years so I'm learning all of these arguments that oh that's where oh. states rights come from oh great that's okay well you guys listen to that I'll be slamming my head in the door and it's also uh, a Tom Cat bang and tarot bang. Yes, checked. Yes, you, it is. Bang and tarot bang? Bang and tarot bang. Thank you for checking. Uh, it's it's really it. important that we make sure that nobody can so call us on our, our bluffs here. <laughs> so it's a bit. I'm not good at that. No, A not. talking cat bib. So yeah, mm-hmm. in the two weeks leading up to this double bill, I was kind of fuming the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But everything's better now. Everything's better now. Yeah. I feel a lot better. So the voices. The voices. Let's, get, let's get back to yeah, the voices. Everything's better now, like when you go off your meds. <laughs> Jesus. Don't go off your meds. That's no, the, yeah, I work in a pharmacy. Don't go off your meds. That's oh. the theme of the voices. That's uh, what I also say. I, I subscribe to the Time Hop feature on my uh, iPhone, and uh, I think it was about four or five days ago, it was our first release. Mm. Two years ago. Manhunter and uh, Red Dragon. Wow. And it was something along the lines of, hey, everybody. Listen to me and two other more eloquent guys talk about these movies. It's a podcast. All the kids are doing some bullshit. I'm not eloquent, but thank yeah. you. No, no, no. I was Back just then. happy to finally be on a podcast. I think I was the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I went on kicking and screaming, but yeah. You see, when I stopped Twin Cities Theater Connection, it seemed like everybody was suddenly doing a podcast. And I was like, huh. Okay. So you grew the mustache, grew, became a hipster. Yeah. I was doing podcast before. That's what my nephew cool calls me, a hipster. Oh, wow. Because I have a mess. Because he's a little emo boy. Mm-hmm. That's so you just to say, you know what? I'm going to spank you because I'm. Oh, yes, I said that to my face, Mikey. <laughs> well, you're right, right there. <laughs> He's so, told my brother that. My brother's told me. A hipster. <laughs> well, next time you hang out with him, be sure to mention a bunch of imaginary bands. Oh. <laughs> so, being a drummer, he might enjoy that. I was listening to the latest release by Turtle Song. <laughs> Flakes of Joy. <laughs> just a second. I want to check the mic. Okay. We'll be doing that frequently. Frequently. So sheer paranoia. Sheer paranoia. Sheer paranoia. Did you hear about the band, about the entire group of guys who all they do is they play fart sounds in their hand? What? Yeah, I was listening about 17 years ago. That's one of their favorite songs. I don't know. Have you heard it before? I've not heard that. I used to go roller skating to it back in uh, Brooklyn Park. <laughs> Back in 1983, they split that rotation with Michael Jackson. Did you yeah. stop listening to them once they became cool? You know, I I had the uh, I had the tape, and then I just saved it for posterity. I put it on my wall as a decoration. Well, say what you will. They can they've contributed an excellent soundtrack to the third Tron movie. Yeah, and there you know there was a great cover from Trampled by Turtles. Oh God, that's oh, right. Oh yeah, I like yeah, I like the, the Onion AV Club thing. And they said, they oh, said yeah, yeah. And they, except they they changed the lyric because it was kind of offensive too. And it was great. I was happy. <laughs> See, I always found that I always found the change a lot more offensive, but that's a personal history thing. So, all right, right, I understand. So, um, are you ready to talk about the voices now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're tap dancing around the good movie in this pair. It's, it's yeah, going to get weird. bad when we get it's to the weird. second half. Yeah. All right. So, here we go. Yeah. So, the voices has, stars Ryan Reynolds. You know, I forget his name now. Do you remember his Jerry? Jerry. 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 Yes. Jerry. We're, we're reliving this, folks, nice, because it's been like two and a half weeks now. Yeah. Uh, Jerry uh, was, uh, I think he was in jail for a while. He was in an asylum? Maybe I, an asylum? I don't know if he was ever properly jailed. There is some, something questionable happened. Yeah. And the movie doesn't quite spell it out for his you. You can kind of infer yeah. what's going on. Yeah. He might have killed his mother or he, helped him kill, his mother kill herself. He, I think he did, but when you're that age, you don't go to jail. Yeah. Especially if everyone goes, oh, he's just screwed up. Because he was like you go 13 maybe? At most. I think that's what the kid actor yeah. looked like anyway. Uh, so Jerry's been released. He's working at a plumbing, like a, for a plumbing uh, fixture company. Not just plumbing. They did bathtubs too. So yeah, bathtubs porcelain fixture type. Bathtubs and, and toilets because yeah. one, one of the coworkers makes the joke about like 
putting it like selling toilets or showing toilets. Yeah, so they they do porcelain bathroom fixtures, probably sinks too. If you want to order from the place. Yep. So he's working there, and hopefully, well, he's going in and off, on and off of his meds. He's, right. He's taking his meds, and then he stops taking them, and he's seeing a shrink. Yeah, who his was pointed shrink. Who was the uh, the woman from uh, Silver? The mom, uh, Robert De Niro's wife, and Brad Bradley Cooper's mom from Silverline's playbook, Jackie uh, Weaver, I believe her name is. She. Uh, th- this is, I guess, I guess initially, and then we find out later that um, he starts going a little off kilter. He talks. So when he's on his meds, everything is fine, but his life is horrible. Basically, yeah. when he's. Off his meds, the world is a much better sugar-coated universe. Yeah, it's right. brighter, it's happier. And it's his cats, his cat and dog, talk to him. Yeah. The cat has a Scottish accent, I think. Yep. The dog is just sort of like... Moscow's kind of yeah. a dumb son of a dog. Yeah, he's yeah. vaguely southern. Vaguely southern. Little southern. Slow speech. And they're both voiced by talking. Ryan Reynolds himself, so it has that nice added... Bit which yeah, I enjoy. Which oh yeah, I, I looked that up mid movie because I was like, I know the voice that the cat's doing. Oh, they're both him. Oh, I think he does some other voices too. The deer, the deer. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. The deer. Which yeah. So he has a fixation on one of his coworkers. Yes, yeah, Gemma Arterton, the uh, the coworker who is self absorbed, and she's also on the committee to do the uh, company party. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure why he's into her exactly. Besides, she's a very kind she's of, she's pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. And she's she's pretty gregarious, British accent. British accent, and she clearly carries herself like one of the mean girls, you know, popular mm-hmm. around the workplace. And um, especially when Lisa, who's played by what's her name, Anna, Anna, Anna Kendrick, Kendrick. Uh, is ready to jump body. his bones at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like he, she is just like. Hi, Jerry. In the background. Yeah. Always waving at him. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. It's, and she's adorable. I love, I and, love her. And we'll get into this later, but it's just like, this movie's got, like, I, I said this last time, it has pedigree, mm-hmm. interestingly mm-hmm. enough. And I, and I told that... Well, the director, to, Ryan Reynolds, uh, all these Anna, other actors. Anna Kendrick, Kendrick is becoming, like, the Cumberbatch of movies. Like, you really can't throw a rock without seeing a movie. Oh, whoa, so, whoa. Slow down there. The Cumberbatch of movies. Well, she's in a Are lot of I, shit. I'm not sick of her yet, so, Right. I'm not there. No. And her Twitter feed is also one of the funniest fucking things you've ever read. Is she fun? Okay. Very fun. She mm. makes jokes about like Game of Thrones. She's like, "All right, enough about the rape and titties. When are we going to see this guy's dick?" Never, Dario. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, it's got that Jackie Weaver, who was in an Academy Award nominated movie, and it, the movie feels very independent. Uh, it's very colorful. Like when we see the beginning, when he's in the factory, he's jamming out to his earbuds and singing loudly to himself. And you can mm-hmm. tell he's probably mildly annoying, kind of, to his coworkers. Yeah, he's he's one of those coworkers who's annoying because he's too cheerful and friendly, mm-hmm. so you can't really get on him about it, but he'd wish he'd shut up. Yep. And you know, it's like, you know what, you, you probably are like, oh, Jerry's got problems. And, and they're also all wearing very uh, violently pink overalls, mm-hmm. which is the other thing. It's, like, it's, it's a, a violently colored movie. It's, like, it's a violently yeah. colored movie. Like, if you guys have ever seen But I'm a Cheerleader, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those that's like, oh, it, is this supposed to be like a taffeta kind of movie? Like, to evoke like 50s images? Yeah, which fits with that movie because it's so candy floss Yeah, and with GLBT issues. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this one... It works on both sides. And in this one, boom, it's head issues. And mm-hmm. Jerry gets pegged because he's been doing a good job by his manager to be on the the company party squad, you know, like to like to develop the party, and he's gung ho yeah. about it. Oh and yeah, he, even though his he's ideas making are friends, yeah, and his ideas are silly. He's like, you know, like let's do a conga line. I think we should do a conga line. Yeah, and they do it, and everything's great. He chases after this pretty girl, and he talks to his pets, and everything. You're like, well, what's what's what direction is this movie going? Mm-hmm. And through uh, a seemingly normal, like, well, he's going to get shit on because this girl is kind of into herself and does not want to be there. Yeah, she's sort of toying with him, but not. Re- she's not really catfishing him, but... Right, 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 right. He asks her on a date. Uh, she stands him up mm-hmm. to go out with her co-workers to go sing karaoke, and so we have this weird juxtaposition of him alone mm-hmm. at a restaurant and her... Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurant. Watching a Chinese, Chinese album. Uh, and then... And then she is singing karaoke with Anna Kendrick, who is a terrible singer, obviously. Um, <laughs> we joke because we love. Uh, and her other co-worker. And gets caught in the rain. 
and through weird happenstances, Jerry just sees her. And you're like, oh man, he's going to be pissed off. I know this movie's going to be dark. And you're like expecting like a blow up. But Jerry doesn't do it. He doesn't fall for the bait. Most trusting man. He's like, get in the car. Here, put this on. And you're like, well, man, you're a peach. And then she suggests, let's go out to an all-night burger joint. You can't tell if she's still messing with him or if, if... this might be the beginning of something real. Like, she might actually start to like him. Yeah. And, and I think it would have went that way if he didn't crash the car. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Started, well, first he started to get a little weird and called her an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he crashed into a deer. And the deer asked him to kill him. And Jerry did so. Yeah. And that's and that's where the movie goes into first gear. Right. I think. Because we're like, whoa. And, he, and you're like, wow, he hit a deer. Or fifth gear. Well, I don't know. Because gears go up. Okay, so he, yeah, he, he, well, it, it shifts. Yes. Not seismically, but this is the initial, this is the initial earthquake. So mm-hmm. he gets out and the deer asks him to, to do a mercy killing. Are you with me so Kill far? Kill me, Jerry. Kill me. Ryan Reynolds, the actor, is being asked by animatronic deer, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, the actor, to promote, to perform a mercy killing. He has a knife, a big ass, Hunting knife. He's got with a Bowie him. knife in his car. He's got a Bowie knife, and and in front of this girl who's already kind of weirded out by him, and who just had, was in a car accident. In a car accident, he gets out there and decides to kill the deer. Well, he doesn't even get out. He, he, he just, they're both still sitting in the cab, and the deer's yeah. sticking in the head. So windshield and, I had an experience like this once. Oh shit! Ooh. Where I hit a deer, and I was with my friend Nolan. I don't know what happened to Nolan. But no one was like, we need to kill this deer right now. And he got a knife and slipped his throat right, right there on the side of the road. And you don't know what happened to Nolan. You don't know what happened to Nolan. Are you sure you're not the one who killed the deer? I'm Nolan's pretty sure not in those woods. No, it's and not. this is double bail, everybody. It's God, not. It's not a run. I'll run. Like, you know, I often think about that, no, and it I'll didn't wait. even. It, I didn't even make that a connection until you were describing it right now with the knife mm-hmm. slipping his throat. And I was like, where did Nolan get that knife? I can't Jesus. remember now. Jesus. Yeah. Did he have it on him? I don't remember. <laughs> I think maybe you're better off having a far distance from Nolan. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you. Well, I come up from like North Minnesota, and okay. so you know, there's a lot of people living off the grid up there. Right, and right. Nolan, and Nolan was his family was sort of like that. They built their own house. His father fixed cars for people. People would just bring him his car, their car, and they'd fix it. And I think they've never been to a, like a doctor or anything. Like they kind of like, nope, we're not going to see a doctor. That's I don't know if it, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what it oh, was. sure, sure. And yeah, always a little, a little interesting. I learned a lot of things from Nolan. Right. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get out and like dress the fucker and come back and give you cutlets. And, no, like, no. He's like, you want some jerky? No. Okay. No. Uh, actually, I think we gave the license to somebody else. Oh God, I probably just broke a law right there. You're not supposed to do that. Unless well, it was like last week, I think you're covered by how long it's been. Not 20 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think the statute of limitations on illegally gutting a deer is less than 20 years. I didn't say You're the one in Austria myself. I hit a deer. You hit a deer. I hit a deer. Hunting without a license. Had a, it made a nice little dent in the uh, So, deer in Minnesota are long distance readers are problematic, even in Eden Prairie. Thank you, movie, for bringing that memory up. I hadn't thought about it in a long time. Um, Interesting. But, you know, but, you know, the thing is, the truth of the matter is, deer, hitting a deer is, can be extremely dangerous, especially if, like, uh, two years ago when Rachel and Amy came up to Bemidji to see the show, uh, they left after work on a Friday mm-hmm. at like four or five o'clock and they're driving up to Bemidji mm-hmm. and it's getting pitch black. Which is several and, hours. And it's like, by the time you get like broke free from the city, it's all pine trees and like you're driving yep. and things, all you see is like two little blinkies and then something scurries across. So say that they said they were like driving probably like 30 miles an hour, just like stopping for things that just would like pop or mm-hmm. fly. And mm-hmm. it's a scary thing. My mother liked to tell the story where there was this couple and they hit a deer and the deer seemingly went right through like the windshield sure. into the back mm-hmm. and like walked away fine. And he was the husband who was driving turned to his wife and he's like, Oh my God, did you see that? And she was dead because she had been nailed by the deer. Oh, God. Want any more deer stories? Yeah. <laughs> that happened at my high school, only nobody died, and it was a kid learning to drive, so it was the driver's ed car. 
Ooh. And I think the deer was dead, but it was in the car by the time it was dead. Well, my story... This would make a really interesting series that I would read, like a blog. Like right. just was like, eh, deer stories, hitting deer stories. It would be really sad, probably. There, <laughs> might be, be there might be one out there. My story personally has to do with a couple that was like making out at Lover's Lane when they drove off. There was like a deer hook in the back bumper. And then there was a note. How do you distinguish there was a deer note hooks from regular There was a hooks. note written in hoof in their bathroom saying, Aren't you glad you didn't open the door? Well, anyway. The world of deer aids. Right. Oh, Jesus. So, um, once. Getting back to the subject, once Ryan Reynolds, uh, mercy, kills said deer. mercy, mercy kills the deer, mercy yeah. kills in, his, the deer. in his mind, it freaks out his, his erstwhile, uh, date. Oh, okay, go on, sorry. And so she boogies, and mm-hmm. she, and instead of like, what the hell are you doing, she runs, and he chases after her, trips, falls, and stabs her in the chest. Uh, we'll get to the point where I'm gonna question this kind of activity, but when he does it, he decides to mercy kill her, mm-hmm. and then he brings her back. To his home. His what? home being uh, an abandoned uh, bowling alley. Yeah, it's an like apartment above a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Or is Something. he just? Or is he squatting? He might be just squatting there. Again, we'll get into that. So yeah. he he comes back. Although his register, his address seems registered at work. So sure, sure, that's where they send his checks, and of mm-hmm. course he's going to get them. Uh, but so he comes back mm-hmm. home, and in a very in a very macabre conversation with his cat and his dog. The dog, who is more like his conscience and advises maybe calling the cops. The cat's like, nope, time to do some chop-chop. And he cuts up the body and decides to keep her head in the refrigerator. And there we have Jerry's new M.O. And it gets... Because she wants friends. She wants friends. And then he starts having conversations with her head. And that's where, friends, this movie shifts gears and stays in sort of a we're now in Jerry's world. Yeah. And well there's one moment there where he, he starts taking his meds again and then for one morning sees his world as it actually is instead of this brightly colored, wonderful, the heads talking and friendly, his apartment turns into filled with piles of what and garbage and blood stains on all the furniture. Yeah, the part the pile of body. garbage is what gets me. I mean there's the, there's yeah. there's and the shit from animals decaying. all over and the Mm-hmm. Decaying, decaying, whatever. But then, like the pile of garbage, why is it there? Yeah, it's why just, is there a garbage? Why bag is it there? Where's that garbage? Ceiling yeah, it's beans. weird. It's and the why is, is there a pile of what looks like pizza boxes wrapped in pallet plastic? Oh. Yeah, and that's and that, so the movie has a twist, and that twist comes when the meds start getting ingested into a system. Mm-hmm. The animals stop talking to him. He wakes up, and he is more scared mm-hmm. than anything he could have possibly done up until that point. You know, his normalcy that he's experienced is without medication. And that, what we call normal, is all about him looking around. And people, when they come and experience it, when he goes off his meds, everything goes back to normal. And I think as a, as a viewer, we're just like, because I don't know if I could take watching this bloody, filthy squalor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can take a talking cat and a talking dog. I can take... Him, like, you know, talking to himself. I can take him looking uncomfortable in front of his psychiatrist, but... Uh, and you're just like, I can take, like, a fucking head, a, a disembodied head with blood all over, saying, Jerry, come bring me friends, you know? And you're like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. And it's really weird how you're, like, cheering for and he's so And he's so innocent, and you're like... You really feel for him, yeah. like, through the whole mm-hmm. thing, because life has just not been good to him yeah, like, he, at all. He stopped... Maturing at a young age, and now he's sort of, he's a child like he's adult, stuck. which is charming. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is charming as hell, so he's playing him very charming, very friendly, and it's kind of nice. And he's sort of on a journey of self discovery. It's just that that ends with a fridge full of heads, right? Well, and then getting back to Anna Kendrick, he he ends up striking up a relationship with her, and you, mm-hmm. the, and I don't know if this is the director or the script or just the, even the acting or a, a mix of everything, but. When he has his moment of opening up to her, uh, his redemptive moment, you know, you're just like, oh, things could be all right now. Yeah, he's like, he's telling her, and then he has sex with her, and she is happy. And you're like, maybe he can, like, just move in with her and leave 
And you're like burn down the bowling alley. Yeah, but the th- but the thing is, is like he is not smart at all with like what he's been doing. I mean, yeah. he accidentally killed Gemma Atherton. He's probably left fingerprints all over the place. Well, Someone's going to discover the body the, there. in the woods. Remember they when they went back to like the guts. Oh, yeah. or like something was out in her shoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a shoe to create a police investigation. Yeah, yeah. and when the and police like, out- they were going to find out somehow. I don't know how they would have like. Yeah. Well, eventually they'd find things. out it was her. Yeah. And, and they even they'd start questioning people, and he wouldn't be able to keep a straight story because. Well, when the police came out and saw him, they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "Replace my windshield, hit a deer." He's like, "All right, well, you get that fixed now." He's like, "We'll do." And you're like, "All right, he's going to get off scot free because it's going to be one of those things where people are like, meh, all yeah. right." And maybe if it had been one, like maybe I don't think so. Really, I think he probably would have been caught eventually. Well, yeah, I mean, his, but, his like, apartment was like Judah being a small town. A CSI team, I think it so. would have been. Possible that it would have been like glossed over for a long period of time. And yeah, absolutely. With it. Absolutely. Yeah, possibly. She could have just been one of those people. But I think he also probably would have had to leave town and like get out of there. Is that yeah, and he would have had to burn his apartment to the ground because yeah. that it really was like a training ground for a CSI team. Well, and I mean, we're, we're coming up with ideas to excuse his behavior, which I think is an interesting way to respond to the movie about a guy who doesn't he doesn't do it compulsively like you're you know. Like your traditional serial killer, he's not compelled to kill. He's doing it because, like, all of a sudden he just he goes from like zero to happy to like trapped rat, mm-hmm. you know. So when Anna Kendrick comes over, it's one of the fucking saddest. Like, it, I mean, it's not like a movie. Like, all right, so we see. I think that's my favorite scene, like yeah. in the whole movie. Like looking back on it, and that's the one that sticks out the most in my head because uh, Lisa shows up because she's wondering what's up with Jerry. Like, yeah. why won't he? Like, well, she, she brings him a cake. Yeah, she yeah. wants to be nice. She wants to be the nice girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she, she shows up from work. Shows up, and he's surprised. Jerry's acting weird because he didn't expect her to like be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ends up going into the apartment after he says he's going to go in through the skylight because yeah. he locked himself out. Right. And then, like, she starts to see all the stuff that is in reality there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it creeps her out because it's fucking creepy. Right. Yeah. And she and sees then, a head-shaped object with a jacket on it and yeah. coming out the back mm-hmm. on a coffee table. Yeah. And so as she, like, you know, kind of realizes this thing... And then, like, Jerry's, like, sort of realizing that she's realizing what's going mm-hmm. on and is cued into, like, oh, he, I'm a, she knows I'm a bad person now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, no, she thinks I'm a bad person. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's as scared as she is. He's just a little smarter and about then, what she like, needs I to think do. The voices in his head must be talking to him, like, you know, let's, we gotta, we gotta deal with this now, even mm-hmm. though, and then, like, your, your allegiance to him like switches immediately yeah. to like Anna Kendrick's character because you're like, oh shit, girl, you got to get out of get there. Get out yeah. of there. And she and she does her. She puts up a good fight, but then she she vic- but she's tiny. But as the victim, as the victim, because she is a victim, she's just like, I'm really fucking scared, and you've really scared me, and I want to get out of here. And she ends up dying. Uh, via an accident when he comes in yeah. there. Yeah, well, he sort of... That sort of his M.O. Is, is creating an accident where he can forgive himself for thinking that a mercy killing is the only good thing. Well, and you don't know... And this is the other thing that's running through the movie is you don't even know if that's... What he what he sees is true because right. you've, you've been led to believe that he sees things in a rosy hue. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Whether or not he killed Gemma Atherton in the way that he did. That's, that was yeah. what I was talking or about. Or Lisa yeah. Kendrick. Or Lisa, yeah. Lisa, Anna Kendrick, yeah. Anna Kendrick. Like, Lisa, parentheses, Kendrick. Kendrick. So, he could have just killed her, like up and killed her. Yeah. But he's rationalizing that he pushed her onto the bed and she hit her head against right. a baseboard. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't see, know. That's, that was my thing. That was what I was going to get at. Uh, when he was chasing after Gemma Arjun, was he chasing after her because part of him was diso- uh, disassociated with the action which he was doing? Or was the whole tripping and falling and, oops, I stabbed you, was that, like, that's what he was justifying and rationalizing that action well, with, you know? in the movie, the cat brought up a good point there, which was, if he didn't want to kill her, why was he chasing her and had the knife? Like, why didn't he leave the knife in the car? It's a fair point. Fair yeah. point. Fair Which point. Which is also cat. like, yeah, the cat's right, Jerry. And uh, what's the cat's name? Do you remember? Uh, Mr. Roscoe. Mr. Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers. Yeah. No, let's find that. Roscoe and it's Mr. Mr. Whiskers. Whiskers. It's Mr. Yeah. Whiskers. Um, and Fiona is Gemma Arterton. Fiona. Uh, he's pressured to kill by Fiona and Mr. Whiskers. And is Lisa it? Lisa goes and finds them, and then Allison's the third friend. She, Allison is the third yeah. friend. Okay. When she tries to run away, he grabs her and throws her and accidentally breaks her neck. 
And you know, uh, to, up to the point where Allison is eventually killed. Sorry, spoilers. But like uh, at this point, you're warning about just, spoilers. Yeah, I, I should have done it earlier, I guess. But like when she's killed, it's just it's like it's a cut, right? Well, the next thing you yeah. know, she shows me. She goes, "Hey," and next thing you know, her head's in the fridge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a like cut to my Allison. Cut to my getting really quick back to the uh, the Lisa death. What got me was a fucking tear. Was like yeah. that last, like you're like, oh, like you know, she's like gone, mm-hmm. and she's a goner, and they had to like add that a little glistering tear, and I'm like, oh, Anna Kendrick, yeah, and then you're, you're you kind of like switch back to him again, you're like, yeah, well, I did anyway. I was just like, well, you're like, okay, well, yeah, you are a sad sack, I'm but sorry. there's like three happy heads, and they're singing, and they're talking to him, you know, and they're mm-hmm. joyful, and then uh, his the third coworker comes over. Uh, just to see what's up. Just to see what's up, and there's a quick cut, and next thing you know, there's three, three magical. So who knows what yeah. happened there? Uh, right. Because uh, yeah, this is a person who's a danger, but he doesn't. She's just the third person in the background the whole movie. He doesn't. He's not falling in love with her. So, yep. so he he this that marks the movie steamrolls at that point, and um, he ends up kidnapping his psychiatrist because mm-hmm. uh, he wants help. He, he thinks that she's holding out on help. So yeah, he he duct tapes her. He kidnaps her. He has a moment in the field where he throws her on top of the hood of his right. car in and a he, gorgeous goddamn in a Renaissance ver- painting. Yeah, field. in a very beautiful field. Or in Have reality, Blue Ruin. Uh, nope. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh that, yeah. That the reminded, revenge movie reminded that, me of the same scene in the field in oh, Blue Ruin. God, that movie was. Tough. Similar, that, but not like the same. Movie, but that movie was tough to get through. That person out at some point a scene from a movie. Oh, okay. um, so be interesting. So he he. That's another. Mo- that's another. This this movie was strange in the sense that like this is a really fucking good movie, like clothed in a direct-to-video slash. Not even art house slash. Not even you just like. I don't know if it had a wide release either. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think it went almost to direct video. to streaming. Yeah, yeah, like direct to streaming, and you're just like, this is better. This has better pedigree, not just the talent in it, but like, but the talent, like the director mm-hmm. and everything, like that scene, the 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 shot, like it's amazing. Well, it's, it's hard to release this sort of movie because what what is it? Is it a black comedy? Is it a thriller? Is it yeah, the character stuff? I don't know enough about like distribution mechanics to mm-hmm. like know what they want and yeah. what it what they think is marketable. I don't know if this is mar- I don't know. Like speaking frankly, yeah, I mean, Ryan Reynolds Red is. is hot, so you this, got that going. For yeah, it. Well, I mean, not... and, uh, if it came out post what Pitch Perfect two here, right? I think it would like you would be like oh Anna Kendrick's in this, Ryan Reynolds in this, Marjane's Trappy. I think it might have a better chance of being picked up for a wider release like that. But See, remember, then I wonder if. I mean, theater... But it's not like Stone. Pitch Perfect 1 was a slouch or anything. Right. Like, you know, but... Well, studios used to sit on movies that they couldn't do anything with, because all, all you could do was release it. They're, well, Cabin in the Woods was that way for a while. Well, I mean, even way back when. Like, I'm oh, thinking, yeah, I know. I'm thinking Teen Wolf, which they sat on for a couple of years until Back to the Future came out, and they were like, oh, we have a Michael J. Fox movie. Studios, now. But, I mean, at that point, they, there wasn't even, like, a home video market of any consequence. So, if you there finished was, a movie you didn't know what to do with... There was a home video market. They just, like, would shuffle it off into a fucking Super America shit right, bin. yeah. But, I mean... It's an interesting tidbit about Teen Wolf. Huh? Yeah. Well, just, I mean, it's not, it's not a great movie. He was, no, but, you know, Michael but, J. Fox got... Well, let's... But then, you know, Michael J. Time. Fox got huge. He went from being, you know, a, a good actor from a sitcom to being a... A-list movie star. He wasn't even going to be in Back to the Future. It was Eric Stoltz. That would have been fun. They they show pictures, like his original picture of him and his... Wait, does that mean that Michael J. Fox would have been the one who played the heroin dealer in Pulp Fiction? Because that could have been fun, too. Well, oh, there could have been a really shitty joke about that. You could have. You could have went there. But you haven't yet, so don't... But you need to go in the breastplate. No. Shame. Shame, shame. So anyway, uh, to steamroll the end of this movie... Yeah, I don't know what more you want to really talk about it because I think like the ending twenty minutes is good for you. Yeah, I think you should watch it on yeah. your own. 
It does it. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil anything. It's a good else. movie. It's complicated. It leads to a lot of debate. There's and I don't fr- know and friendly, interested debate about how much of this movie actually happened. And I don't know really fun. what the movie wants to say about mental illness. I, Probably I'm, nothing. Since even they didn't use a proper noun for his mental illness at any yeah, point. Yeah, it's true. So it's just it's just a big bed. question mark over the whole thing. Yeah, kind of like ah, it's like mm-hmm. old fashioned movie crazy, where you're just you're sane or you're crazy, and if you flip the switch, then anything can happen, which is. That's a good way to describe it. Like, it's a bit of a stereotype held over from yeah. older movies. It's just a trope at this point. I really mm-hmm. like, though, that <clears throat> through the power of the acting, they, they really convey, <laughs> through the power of Grayskull, through the power of the acting, they really convey, like, his, he's, he's already saddled with a, a shit ton of guilt when he talks about his past, like what he was asked mm-hmm. to do when he was a little kid. When he's at his, like, yeah, when he was at his psychiatrist's, and she's like, are you taking your drugs? And you can tell he's struggling. He's just like, doesn't want to answer. And you're like, oh my God, he's still like a little kid who's like, you know, did you pee on the floor or whatever? And he's just like dragging his feet. And that's his whole thing throughout the mm-hmm. entire thing. Using distraction techniques rather than lying. Now, we, we don't need to belabor the ending, but it's, I would, fun. it's important to also belabor the credits. <laughs> I don't want to mention the credits. I want that to be a surprise. It's not now, but... <laughs> now, in Holy Motors, we spoiled the intermission. Because that was... But important. it's the intermission! And this... Intermission is not the credit sequence. Right, but the credit sequence is like one of those... They come at different points, they're spelled differently. But, I mean, that's what I mean. They, they put that movie's... Inter- like, the, the credits are like... What are, what are we trying to say here? And it's just a weird fucking thing. It's it's a musical number, and I just need to point out that they all sing, every one of them. Ryan Reynolds sings his shit. Mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick's obviously sings her shit, and Jim Arden they all sing. So yeah. I think that's fantastic. And it's great. The the actors who played his parents, which I figured out something afterwards. Which I like movies that make me figure things out. There was some question during our initial recording of this podcast came up as to what happened to his dad, whether his mom had killed his dad or his dad had just left. Um, but I figured out from the ending tells us specifically that Jerry didn't kill his dad. So, because he apologizes to the people he killed, and in that moment, his dad is gone. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. Oh, that was something my, out. That. that was you my that. That, that was my original name was Mike Creepy Jesus, Mikey Creepy Jesus Postel. <laughs> Because it was like Chris Elliott. Well, he didn't. He didn't kill Jesus either. No, but the no. creepy Chris. No, there's your, there's your, the that, that, that's your backup evidence. Like, because Jesus wasn't in that. Yeah, scene well, I don't as well. think he even showed up at that point, so it's possible, but he hadn't gotten there. So Jesus shows up, just so you know. Right, yeah. Jesus, Jesus shows up, and the, he does some great choreography. Jesus since Big Lebowski. He looks like Chris Elliott. He does like a thin Chris Elliott. A very thin, yeah. yeah, I didn't know there was a poor man's Chris Elliott, but. Uh, this guy was Shasta Chris Elliott. Yeah, the RC Cola. Shasta Chris Elliott. Shasta Elliott. Is that a band or a racehorse? Should be. Shasta Elliott? Shasta Chris Elliott. Came in third at the Preakness. <laughs> Let's take a break. Instead of talking about Talking Cat to the extent that we did in the previous episode where we had, or the the take that has been forgotten yes. or the take that will never exist. The take that God destroyed. The, cake, the take that God destroyed because he thought it was not good necessarily, but it was good. It was good. It, was either, it, was it would either destroy this world or it was too beautiful for this world. It was too beautiful for this world. And, depending on the and we, had, we had Eric McEwen, who is the podcast... Czar? Uh, czar? I was yeah. going to say Maven, but that didn't really sound... Czar sounds good. Czar sounds yeah. good. Pocket and, he's, czar. and he's also the, the foremost authority on... He is! A talking cat. He has a Tumblr yeah. that I'll link to. He already knows more about it than the director did. And, like, if you want to know more about that movie, I, I would say go to his Tumblr and give him some traffic because he is just a brilliant comedian and yeah. improviser in the Twin Cities. He, I love him. I love him. And his Asheville comics, right? Yes, yeah, which I read the hell out of in college. So, yeah. So it was weird to be like, oh, hey, we're hosted by a podcast network. Wait a minute, I've heard of this guy from a thing I read in college, and I remember his name? Yeah. Really? I don't remember people's names I met he 10 is, minutes ago. That man has pedigree? I thought oh, yeah. he was a very nice, very funny. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, I'm going to bogart all this, you guys talk, and mm-hmm. I felt like he, we had some really good you know, interplay. He was a very nice guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, too bad God didn't like it. 
<laughs> you know, I think sometimes <sighs> I think sometimes what we have is there's nah, a, nah, 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 nah. no. I think sometimes there's just a podcast so beautiful that it's just yeah, not meant go. to be listened not to. Meant to be. No, it's meant to be. This is a conversation you fucking nerds have sitting down, and then you can cry about how terrible you <laughs> wasted your night watching this piece of shit movie. Anyway, what were we going to suggest? You know, let's let's, let's do a lightning round for this because. Maybe we should just like, get past it as soon as possible. All right, so are we just each making a point um, and going in a circle, or okay? So what's the what's the bottom I can, line? I can I can, I can I can ask you a question or two about it. How's that sound? Yeah, I'd like to. There's there's a couple things I want to point out about it, including the the lead. Uh, well, woman. let's start with the plot. Plot. Sure. What? Both of you. Uh, <laughs> we should be able to get through this. Tell me in broad strokes what the talking cat bang and Terra bang is about. Uh, there are a number of people, and there's a cat that wanders through their lives, and their lives are bad, and cat makes them better in ways that are not well explained. God damn it, you took my answer. What's the cat's name? Uh, Mr. Whiskers? Duffy. 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 Sorry. Oh, I also want to say that Duffy was played by Eric Roberts, but after two weeks, it's getting harder and harder to not think back and hear the voices Wilford Brindley. How would you describe Eric Roberts' amount of engagement in this? Drunk. Clearly drunk. <laughs> Very drunk. He, uh, and I'll, I'll interject some trivia, he recorded his dialogue in apparently 45 minutes in his living room using a podcast recording device. The audio is not great. How is our audio show? better than his if he's using the same equipment? He, it's, it's not. Every time like Duffy the Cat talked, I remember it was just like, they're like, we're going to have a conversation. And also the cat's like, it's like, right. It might have been like done on his phone. That would make more sense because I could hear the echo in the room. Our podcast, I never hear that bad unless you do a ton of cleanup that they didn't bother with. I do do a fair amount of cleanup, but not like a lot. Yeah. You clean out all the sounds of us turning pages and the ice clinking against the edges of our glasses. Right. Painstakingly. Like, right. That happens at minute 5822. Eh. Delete. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I thought he was not just... In- Poor Eric Roberts. That's all I could think of. Poor Eric Roberts. Man was an Academy, nominated, Academy Award nominated actor, and he has had ups and downs in his career, and now he is relegated. And I think the last big thing I remember him in was Dark Knight, uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Rises. Rises. No, no, no. The Dark Knight. Oh, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Ooh, the Dark Knight. Where he played uh, Maroney. Yes, yeah. right. Guys, legs broken, and um, uh, I think Expendables was before that. So yeah, yes, maybe. Anyway, so yeah. so Aaron Roberts. What do you think Duffy is trying to do in uh, this film? Uh, talk to everybody once. Yeah, he has this thing where he can only talk to somebody once, which he explains every time it comes up. He which, spends most of the time talking his one time to people. Explaining that he can only do it once. Which, in fairness to reality, that would be how it would work if a cat could only talk to somebody once. Easily half the conversation would be what and how. Well, and if we're if we're going to stick with the theory that he was drunk while he was doing these recordings... Eric Roberts or the cat? Eric Roberts. Probably the cat. No, well, Eric Roberts. Talking to his cat, maybe. And maybe, you know, like when, you, when you're drunk, you have a tendency of repeating yourself. No! Like, listen to me. Seriously. No, no you're no, not no, listening. No. I need no, to tell no. you again. You understand. You understand. I, I can I, see. I'll prove it. I fold my t-shirts after ironing them. You know, it's just weird shit like that. So, um, that movie. Oh, God. That movie's like really making me oh, God, sad. I would have enjoyed it a lot more if that had been Duffy's dialogue. I can only talk to everybody once. You gotta understand, man. I always fold my shirts. <laughs> You gotta no no you listen. Would you, would you I'm say would you say, would you say Duffy's goal is bringing two families together? I don't know because I honestly sort of in a parent trap scenario. But two or really. three characters in the movie that I thought were the same character, so it was really it's true, like very interchangeable. Yeah, there were the uh, there so were the two was, sons who were very much clearly in love with one another. Uh, I don't know. They didn't know each other. I mean, there obviously was a spark there, though. There was a I mean, spark. They, but they only met briefly. There was a bit of a small in the in pool. The I, honestly, I don't recall the cat as much as I recall like being in absolute disbelief that the kid from My Three Sons... Forrest that was, Whit- not Forrest. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Johnny Whitaker. Johnny Whitaker. Oh, God. Who is now an adult and now looked like uh, a soul patch having... Uh, he bleached blonded his hair to make it not look gray. He looked like a pervy band teacher or a pervy like school counselor. 
And his character was like what an inventor that like a software yeah. engineer. Or he's now he's rich and retired. And, and what do I do with my company. time? What do I do with my time now? So or, or, I guess I'll just keep wondering about this cat in my house, but not do anything. And he's trying to connect with his son in some manner, but it's not really happening. Yeah, because his son is too busy connecting. If you know what I mean. Well, he's trying to get I have some sort of relationship with. The local schoolgirl, which they have no chemistry. No, none whatsoever. Are they like tutoring or something? Yeah, he's trying to tutor. What is he tutoring? He's Shakespeare? English? Just English. Just English? Just English. I thought they were talking about Hamlet. They were talking about Hamlet, but the class was English. Like high school English, which usually they get maybe slightly more specific. 11th, 10th grade? What are we talking about? I don't know. It sounded like he was graduated, so if she was younger than 11th grade, it gets. A, another layer of creepy on top of what I already had. Uh, and then we have uh, the kid's mom. The other family. The other yeah. family. And she is a caterer. Yeah. She's trying to land the big the, the big, big ca- The big catering deal. But she's having trouble landing it because she makes her cheese puffs at home and then drives them through every mountain in America to get them where they're going. <laughs> and they arrive cold for some reason, I guess. So this woman takes the Oregon Trail to her client. <laughs> uh, no, she... Uh, this is important. And I like that Eric and I were able to high-five about this. This woman was played by Kristen DeBell. And the, or Christine DeBell. The important thing about Christine DeBell to know is that um, she was in... The oh, I forgot. Opus, I Meatballs. This. She was one of the... Uh, one of the uh, uh, CITs, counselors in training, that hit on a uh, trip played by uh, Bill Murray, uh, America's own Bill Murray. And she, that was like her little background character. Not, not even one of the lead roles. She was just one of the, the pretty counselors that was dancing and like having fun and goofing around. Mrs. DeBell also went on to have a, a very, very brief pornographic career in the uh, X-rated Alice in Wonderland, which you can actually find on YouPorn and PornoTube and RedTube. Yep, I know it. So if you look at... What, what oh, years was she active, Mikey? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm not that porno DB. So. <laughs> 1969. No, oh, wow, wow. I think it was like, I think Meatballs was like 78 or 79, because Meatballs came out, I, I'm, I'm guessing before Caddyshack, before, because it was like Bill Murray's like star vehicle, maybe afterwards, with Chris Makepeace. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we were joking about how this, this erstwhile occasional one-time pornographic actress, come <laughs> meatballs actress, is now come caterer, don't eat her food. Um, it, I don't know, apparently those, what were they, cheese puffs? Mm-hmm. They weren't cheese puffs? Creamy apparently cheese puffs. Apparently those were amazing. Because everybody plots over them. Yeah, and everybody, yeah. and she just brings them out on like a little cookie pan and like throws, no, no like covers, nothing, no like heated up. Just drive in my truck and then have a 35-minute montage of driving through every single hill in Western Hollywood. The movie loved its establishing shots. Yeah. Which is why this movie apparently took place in the Pacific Northwest, Miami, California probably. The Rocky Mountains, definitely. It's all over the place. This guy's land is huge. Yeah. Random. The random hit. New Zealand. Random New Zealand, yeah. Shots. That was my favorite. Uh, you, look angry. you look angry. I, you know, the thing is, it's like, you were angry when we were after we watched it. I was angry after we watched it because it was just the movie wasn't. I don't know. I've never seen the room, and I have no desire to see the room. And I feel like we we talked about this in take one, but um, I know that Sam Sammy Landman has talked about the room, and he's like, I don't want to see a fucking movie that everybody's like. Throwing accolades and adulation on because it's a piece of shit. Yeah, that's why I've like, seen the room, but I haven't seen Birdemic for that exact reason. Yeah, you know, like I know, like I've, I've, I've seen Nary a Sharknado. I know they've got kitsch. I know things like that, like effects. This has none of that. It it lacks even the modicum of charm of the idea. I mean, a talking cat. Okay, so let's watch fucking back like well, back it, episodes of Sabrina for Christ's sake. It's like you know? uh, it's like they try to make the room or Birdemic or Sharknado for like five year olds. It's like the five year old version of ironically bad movie. A talking cat. Yeah, because it it feels like a kids movie. You know, talking cat. It felt pointless. There was no, but nothing, it's not a good movie on any level. So nobody was saved. Nobody had a fucking arc. Nobody had the movie had nothing. No merits. The movie was about as no. The movie was about as porous 
till these two families and this other random girl were brought together by a cat with a bandage wrapped around. Can you give me one good thing about the movie? One. Anything. Uh, I think the mansions were very nice. Uh, the establishing shots were gorgeous. Wait, no, I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah, some of these, like, I would love to, like, visit out there. But, no, even the mansion, like, remember that pool where, like, that pool looks like no one yeah. has swam in it for, like, fucking years. Yeah, like, no, you don't check the chlorine yeah. levels on the Hold your breath when you get in the pools, guys, for the shot. And action. Don't open your eyes underwater. We yeah. can't afford to treat them. Oh my god, no, it's rough. Why does the water smell like eggs? Uh, it's a natural spring? Wait a minute, what is this floating thing? Why is there hair in my it? My skin hurts. Oh Look, my god, it came off. That's not a dart, that's a hypo. So, gross. I don't know, I don't think... I you know the establishing shots of the woods. I mean, those are gorgeous hiking areas. I mean, I'm sure if I had a cat that I, talked to me, I talk to my cat all the time. I watch, I like to watch a bad movie occasionally. I've seen The Room. I've seen Bird Dabber. Occasionally, you say. Occasionally. But, Your you know, I hit the high points. I, I, like I hit the months. high points. I hit the high points, the ones that come up. The but naturally known but I don't, I don't return to them over and over again. I haven't returned to the room over and over again. I haven't gone back to Birdemic and watched it over and over again. Because I think part of me then feels bad if I gave it more credence than it deserves. Right. So see it once, figure out what everybody's talking about. Take the lessons that you can from said movie in terms of filmmaking in general and what makes a good film <laughs> when you see a bad sure, film, sure. Uh, and then move on to a certain extent with your life. I have no problem with anybody who likes to do that as like, oh, let's have a bad movie night. This is what we're watching. We're watching Troll Two, and we're gonna. I've seen this many times. It's a great. It's a great like uh, evening together with your friends because I think bad movies enjoying enjoying them with your friends and kind of being, I guess, in on the joke is, is right. Yeah. MST3K. MST3K is is a lot of fun, but like at the certain time, at the certain time, you know, you also want to incentivize people to make good movies, and because because I don't want to see bad ones like made just for the sake of like I'm not seeing any of the Sharknado movies that puts me off because of being made purposely bad just to like right, kind right. Of get people in the door, and yeah. I, that bothers me to a certain extent. And that's and like I don't know if like a talking cat. I can't remember if Eric talked about this at all. But like in terms of like if it was made purposely to be bad, I don't know. I think they made it with a certain level of earnestness, but I also think they made it with the cash grab in mind because they were just trying to get like a kids movie to get money. I yeah, don't, I don't even know. I mean, but whereas like the room is just like that guy thought he was making Tommy Wiseau thought he was making like you know a masterpiece of American cinema. Yeah, and that's where some of the comedy comes, unfortunately. From like, the incredible I don't, I don't, of it. I don't even know how this could have been marketed as a kids movie. I don't know either, but it, they definitely tried. <laughs> I don't get animals and software engineers. It's there's, like kids there's nothing. There's nothing about this movie that has any merit. I don't. I mean, on the scale of, uh, it's a hard wearing something tomorrow. Was it World of Tomorrow? World of what? Escape from tomorrow. Escape, Escape from, from tomorrow. tomorrow. That's it. World of Tomorrow. Escape World of Tomorrow. Uh, World of World Marrow. Of Marrow. Marrow? Yeah. Mm, uh, I was like, what dark Escape movie from that? Tomorrow. Watch it. I would say this North is. Smith. I'd say this. At least. At least that had a fucking production value for being a shitty movie. This you know is what? just a shitty movie without trying. Like, it's shot on almost fucking video. Uh, it's, pornos have better quality than these movies, than that movie did. I'm sure there's probably cat furry movies that would be more happy. Well, you know, actually, you say the word fury, and I was furry. Thinking, oh god! I, mean, I hope there's not a porn parody of a talking but cat. I was reminded of like Kung Fury that just came out. Yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. And like, I want to watch that, but oh, it's also yeah. but it's also made purposely to be kind of tongue in cheek and like maybe a little bit bad. Well, but it's also crazy. I don't know. I don't know. There's this continuum well, there's of where some, these movies fall, and I'm not sure where that. John is. dies at the end is another yeah. example well, of I, how I think crazy a movie. There's can movies be. that are made to be intentionally horrible and schlocky, and then there's movies that are made to tr- be reminiscent of genres that were horrible and schlocky. So like bad kung fu movies, or like the lost skeleton of Cadavera. Which was made to be like a bad '50s sci-fi right. film. If they're more genre-specific, I have less problem because it's more like, "Hey, we love these stupid old sci-fi movies. These, these goofy." Well, Black Dynamite is like that, and I love Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is brilliant, though, and I like. But yeah, but then there's Nixon. look what's coming out right now is um, 
That new Adam Sandler movie with Peter Dinklage. Uh, Pixels? Pixels, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. actually, I would love to double bill that, and I would love to double bill it with the Futurama episode. Where yes. They, where they, uh... Yep, yep. The Nintendians. Yeah. It's an episode. It's a third of an episode. It's a third, a third of an episode. A third of a Futurama episode into a full-length movie. It's... Uh, and you can put Peter Dinklage in it, and that'll get you a lot of mileage, but it's not going to fill out the whole night. Yeah, I would only see it, really, for Peter Dinklage. Adam Sandler turns me off. Like, he's... Red he's, light, he's in a heartbeat. It's like, ugh. No, thank you. Gross. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... I think there was... For me, personally, there was just really nothing redemptive about Talking Cat. I don't know if, if it was just pointless. It was to get these guys their their SAG minutes or whatever so they could keep their union dues. You know, it, it was from stem to stern, like, you knew this was going into something bad. There's episodes of Small Wonder that are better than this. And I know that David Decotu, I think is his name, is like a schlockmeister. Like, right. Like, he's, he's been doing that for years. Yeah. And I think he I think he might have directed the new A Talking Pony, which... Yes, I'm sorry, Mikey. Mikey's making a face. Oh, man. A Talking Pony. There's so many animals. He can and Forrest... Or no, God damn it. Johnny Whittaker voices the pony. Sorry. Whitaker. Apologies to Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, you shouldn't have done Battlefield Earth, but otherwise you're off. <laughs> we love you, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Double Bill would like to officially sponsor Forrest Whitaker. We're, we're getting behind that guy. I think he, he could go He's places. going places. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost we Dog? Could, yeah. No, we could do... Well, Ghost Dog is a pretty fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. What we could do is do Last, Last King of Scotland, right, with Bloodsport. You want to do the crying game? I want to do Ghost Dog with Ghost Dad. Is he in the crying game? He is. Very briefly. But he's also, uh, very briefly in oh, Bloodsport, yeah, right. the Van Damme movie. He's one of the uh, FBI agents that chases after mm. him. Can we have a well, rule, by the way, that we just don't do Battlefield Earth ever? Yeah. 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 Are we good with that? Yeah. Well, good. Be, well, good. We, we I'm can. glad we come to this consensus. <laughs> All right, finally, we have a tagline. <laughs> Double bill. We will never do Battlefield Earth. <laughs> well, we'll have to watch. Maybe we can watch it as a side project for extra credit when we do the next Double Bills that we're talking about. Maybe we could watch it as punishment for sins we commit against the other people. You know, if you about Freed and Clear. Well, going clear. Going clear, yeah. Well, when, you have, when we have Tim Wick, if he, if he ends up on the show, he, he recently did a... Uh, he was recently audited in the Scientology sense. So, oh yeah, so, oh, right. Right. yeah. So you can ask him about it if you like. Jeez, that's one of the reasons where we would have oh, him on. The four humors guys apparently just went to the Creation Museum. Yeah, we should get those. What guys a great picture that was! That. I saw yeah. Mike Fotis and uh, the other two guys. I can't remember their name. Ryan Lear and Jason Ballwater. Ballwater. I was like, if there are any folks I'd like to go to the Creation Museum with, that would, it would be those people. Well, I mean, and, like, and then Richard Dawkins, I guess. Like riding riding the fucking Velociraptors like ponies. That was my I favorite. wouldn't want to go to the Creation Museum with Richard Dawkins. Well, I mean, That's he'd have to stay obvious. five feet away from me. Yeah. But other than that, I'd be fine with it. Let's take a break then and compare these movies. compare these two okay alright to the extent that we can I'm not sure what amount that actually is it'll probably take about two minutes and then we'll be done okay sure so the voices and a talking cat I picked them mainly because of the talking animals involved Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you picked up on that or not oh my god of course oh no I can't believe I watched both these movies and we recorded a whole nother version of this podcast and I never figured that out I've gotta revisit them fuck but there's no talking cat in a talking... Oh! At least, you know, in a talking cat, the cat actually talked. We had no doubt that it was the cat that talked. In the voices, it was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and if there was any doubt in a talking cat that it was the cat that was talking, they had Mrs. Thompson's th- third grade class doing the animation for the voice. It was just a... No. Podcast audio, you can't see that, but we were just... Charlie Brown yeah. teaching. Take your hand and do the open and shut thing. It's more convincing. <laughs> and a better movie. Hi, uh, I have a better so film. I, guess, I have a story arc. Yeah. So I, was kind of, I, was, I was kind of hoping that uh, the voices would carry over and just make everybody seem like they had a mental illness and a talking cat, but uh, it didn't really need any help, did it? No. No. I mean, a couple of the characters seemed offensively closeted, but that's not really a mental illness. No, it's not. Not, not since the DSM-3. No. <laughs> so which did it better, then? 
Really? Do I even have to ask that question? No. I don't have to ask the question. Well, it was a budget, it was a budget and a story and a well-told story and well-acted story versus schlock. You know, actually, when I... Talking Cat out of the picture for now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Forever. It feels like when we were talking about the voices, though, you were a little bit more colder on it a couple weeks ago. You know, because I think... All right, so I think what happened was, walking into it, what... I, I think I was looking for a black comedy. Mm. And I found what it was was a, a, a bit more of a... Psychodrama? Chal- a challenging examination of what it meant for... And it wasn't colder. It was just like, this movie's more serious. You should give this movie a little bit more seriousness than your average, like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is going to say some funny things. No. Somebody's I mean, going to fall into a cake. And it was... It, I think it was the first time he went on his meds. And then I think there was the Anna Kendrick moment. And there's just moments that popped up. His plaintive dealings with his psychiatrist. And it made me think, this is not a fun movie. This is like not a movie that would be like, you know, hey, Rachel, do you want to watch a movie that's got Anna Kendrick? Uh, speaking of which... When she was sick, she's like, she goes, I don't have to go anywhere. I'll just sit there and spend the entire podcast talking about how much I love Anna Kendrick because she's the best thing ever. I'm like, you could probably do that. And she's really great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll break your heart a little bit. And that's the thing. Like, it made me very sad. Like, Silver Lane's Playbook deals with, you know, mental illness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it does it in a way that makes it more of a family drama. And less about, are you taking a drug? No, he runs around. It's Bradley fucking Cooper. He runs around in a plastic garbage bag. Uh, slow dances with Jennifer Lawrence and ooh, Oscars. And this, you have a movie about a guy who you're just like you're going along with him. You want to follow his story, mm-hmm. and when you see things how they really are versus how he's been viewing it, you realize like, what does it say about us? You know, like holy sh- hope he lives in squalor, but that's not how he sees it. So I think it's a lot more challenging. Than- you know, that might have been a more interesting pairing with Silver Linings Playbook and this. I don't mm. know. I don't know how they would go together. It'd be kind of interesting to see how they would. Yeah, I mean, because he, he that guy just had a breakdown, a huge nervous. He had a nervous breakdown, which is different, I think, than having like a dissociative disorder. Um, you know what I mean? Because he was talking. This guy. I mean, yes, Miley Bradley Cooper had an associated because he was convinced he was going to get back with his ex-wife. But he was still experiencing like that the image of his wife cheating and walking in on her and he couldn't listen to that Stevie Wonder song. And then he meets a woman who lost her husband, who like used the payout to like go crazy and like take dance lessons and open it and like build a studio. Uh regardless, either one of these movies, both quality on their own, and I think they would be a good pairing, have nothing but like they're they're on the fucking the roof of the Sistine Chapel to the basement dregs dust shit box. Which is a talking cat. And that's my... I mean, that's the bottom line. I just didn't... I thought it was a bad movie, and it was just bad, bad, bad. Like, I remember walking into Escape from Tomorrow and thinking... Well, we wanted to like that movie. We wanted to. I wanted to yeah, prove wanted Sam Rock. dark examination of Disney and the... And the dangerous, like, oh my god, look at all these interesting things. And this was just like... This was by a guy who probably wrote rubbery checks to these poor actors... Who are just hoping to like get and like them in cheese puffs. I was thinking about doing a blogging project where I would go back to the first like pairings and start writing about them as we went through them, just to see like, oh, like how did that go? Like, did this work? Did this not work? And like, do watch them again, and then. But then I thought about, oh, I'd have to watch Escape from Tomorrow again, Ooh, probably. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to do that. <laughs> or Ice Pirates. I could take Ice Pirates again. It's very eighties, but I mean, it has a storyline. So there's a leg up. I can take Ice Pirates again in a heartbeat. And I've told you guys, I've been and to get away from a talking cat, and so we all probably are on the same page. The voices was better. I've been re-listening, and you should all listen to our podcast because there are some, there are there are some <laughs> you listeners who are an hour and a half into this one. You should continue. Well, no, I mean like even going back, like yeah. we, how we kind of ran, ran the gamut from being like super insightful and like trying to be really serious to. Seeing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. where we're nigh on ebullient and like geeking out like no Pacific Rim. I just watched a giant robot punch a giant monster, and it was good times. And and how much like now? But I look at these things and I think about how uh, people have been shitting on Pacific Rim, and like months later, year a year later, it's like you're real. I I didn't watch this movie like other people must have watched this movie because I remember we all walked out going. Giant robots punching giant monsters, and that's all I wanted. Ron Perlman. Yeah, I mean, it it can be fun to take a movie like that and say, well, the science says it wouldn't work because he just 
as soon as a mo- robot stepped here and punched through the ground because it's too too heavy. That can be fun, but if you're actually saying it's a bad movie because of scientific inaccuracies in the robot punch big monster with wings, and also he, then he uses a ship as a bat, and then you're missing the point. Yeah, I thought most of the... The stuff I'd heard anyway about the backlash against Pacific Rim is all dealing with the characters and just how cardboard thin they are in the first place. Because we give major shits about the actual flesh and blood people when we're all going, are you are you are you going to punch that big razor faced thing mm-hmm. with your your big monster angry robot fist? Because that would be great. Yeah, that's a movie that makes me go, I am now ten again. You guys can shut up. Let me watch this fight. Because it's awesome. Yeah, the one good criticism I've heard is that the, the main character of the movie shouldn't have been the guy, it should have been the girl, because her story was more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, Idris Elba's a badass. There's a shoe metaphor. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> I mean, there's even, somebody was even saying, like, wouldn't you want to watch a movie about even Ron Perlman's character and his interaction with Charlie Day? That, mm-hmm. That's true of every movie I've ever seen with Ron Perlman. Well, Even when he's the lead, I want to watch more Ron Perlman movie. I don't want to talk to you about this, and you're not going to tell me anything. He goes, everything here that I'm going to tell you is classified, and I can't tell you a single thing. I can't say that for Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. He goes, I don't know. But if I, I could, could I, well, where the fuck are the army guys? Job before it in the Alien Resurrection plot, that could be fun. But not make it like an Ocean's Eleven, but with Ron Perlman on a spaceship. I don't know if I just want to see Alien Resurrection, though, purely from his perspective. I don't think that sells it for me. Or Brad Dury. No, but just more movie about him. <laughs> You're a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> more Brad Dourif. Yeah. Just want more Brad Dourif. Oh, yes. That's your thing. I think he's fantastic. Well, I'm not down in the Brad Dourif. Put the two of those in a buddy cop movie. No, I honestly, I think... Brad uh, Dourif and Robert Perlman. Have yeah, you guys... Uh-huh. Well, I think getting closer to Halloween, I'll want to ask you guys to take a look at again, or for the first time, at Exodus 3. Uh, he plays a... He plays a character in it, um, and it's mm-hmm. Exodus Three is like the the one that I think nobody sees. That Sam Lambert will again get my back. It's one of the creepiest fucking horror movies ever, atmospheric wise. It's just like there's like an establishing shot. Did you say Exodus Three? Exorcist, Exorcist Three. Oh, Exorcist Three. I thought you were talking about Exorcist Three, so I was thinking for a while you were talking about like season three of Extras. Oh God! And I was like, he the plays Christmas a character. Episode? He plays a character in that. I didn't even know there were three seasons of Extras. That's no, interesting. And then I heard, and then, a then I heard Exodus Three, and I was like, what? Exodus Three? How do you even get past Exodus One? The Revengeing. The Revengeing. The Revengeing. Okay, Exorcist Three. I Thank get, you. Wouldn't Exor- Exodus Three be First Kings? Isn't Exodus, is Exodus One Gods and Kings the one with the white? people that were supposed to be Egyptians with uh you mean every movie about the, the Bible the Bible the Bible but we digress but we digress uh alright should we kind of yeah let's wrap this up what are yeah, we doing the next? voice is one yeah the voice is one dot crush dot, off dot. hands what are we doing next, Brian? Uh, next up, we'll be doing a nugget, which I will be hosting. Uh, I've got a long-running theory that country western and hip-hop are almost the same musical genre. They're both generally lower class, um, very very obsessed with authenticity, very obsessed about where they came from and how they're legitimate. It's just that one is predominantly rural and white and the other is predominantly urban and black. So I'm going to be double billing Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg and the Gourds. Snoop Dogg and the Gourds. Yeah, two separate songs. He didn't do a song with the Gourds, although that would be great, and I'm sure he would if he was asked, because Snoop Dogg is game for stuff. Snoop Dogg, original version, the Gourds, a country band that covered Gin and Juice. Sounds good. Awesome. We'll see you on the next Double Bill. Double Bill, Double Bill, comparing culture, it's Double Bill, putting two things together, it's Double Bill, it's Double Bill. Double Bill is part of the Noise Picnic Podcast Network. Check out more shows at noisepicnic.com. Music on Double Bill is provided by the talented Anna Weggle-Reed. You can learn more about her at annaweggle.com.